Hey, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Kellen's Petty Talk Show. On this one, I was fortunate enough to sit and talk with Kathleen Kinmont, who is famously known for the horror films Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, and Bride of Reanimator, as well as her character Cheyenne Phillips on the popular 90s television show Renegade. She's also appeared in a lot of fun, obscure action flicks in the earlier portion of her career and has gone on to wear many hats in the entertainment industry from being a producer to a writer and a director. Kathleen has a brand new book out called I Should Have Been Nicer to Quentin Tarantino, available now on Amazon, Kindle, and Audible if you prefer the audio version. I have the attention span of a goldfish on Sizzurp, so I personally went for the audio version myself, which was a personally rewarding option seeing that Kathleen herself narrates. The book is fantastic and touches on so many different themes and experiences throughout her life, and it truly cannot be missed. She discusses her anti-bullying efforts, running into Johnny Depp at a bar, turning down Quentin Tarantino in her acting class at age 16 when he wanted to do a kissing scene with her, and so many more snippets of greatness, your head will explode. If you're an LA native or would like to make a fun little road trip to meet Kathleen, she'll be doing a signing at the Iliad Bookstore in North Hollywood on July 22nd from 4 to 6 p.m. to discuss the book and host a signing. So come on out. She might even have some exciting Halloween 4 memorabilia for sale, and I believe you're going to be able to bring your own items to get signed as well. Thanks so much again to Kathleen for doing the episode. She is such a rock star and one of the nicest people I've ever encountered in this industry. A tour de force on screen and an absolute sweetheart off the set. I'm not really totally sure if we're going to have an episode next week because next Sunday is July 4th, so just stay tuned for our episode on July 11th with Dougie Cousins of the band Bearings. Enjoy the episode, everyone. What's your podcast called? It was called Kicking It with Kathleen Kinmont. I have two um, complete ones out there. And my whole gig was like, I really wanted to bring in um, people that I've worked with. Yeah. And, but then I wanted to do like surprise guests from the same show. So I got... The first one I got Danielle Harris from Halloween Four, and then I surprised her with Ellie Cornell. So then she was on. She came on like half, you know, quarter of the way through, and then like, you know, another quarter of the way through, um, Dwight Little, the director, surprised both of them. So it was just like you know, kind of like a a snowball effect of surprise. And then um, then I did one with Hard Bodies cast. So I got Courtney Gaines, Courtney. And Grant Kramer, nice. he came on to surprise Courtney, and then Darcy DeMoss came on to surprise both of them. So 
We actually, we had Grant Kramer and Courtney Gaines on this thing so far. Oh, very cool. Aren't they great? Yeah, Yeah, they are. They were both awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Courtney's a, Courtney's a character. (laughs) Isn't he? Have you heard his new music? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's why we got him on there. He actually, he cold emailed me and like a hundred people and he was like, check out my music. And I'm like, sure. Why don't we promote it on the podcast? And he's like, yeah. (laughs) He's great. He's got like a very Dylan vibe kind of, you know, it's a, it's a it's like an older rock and roll sound but but so familiar that it it feels new again you know because yeah. it's, it's him and yeah i love his acoustic stuff it's no he's really got a good cool. vibe yeah um have you great actor out, too <laughs> fantastic actor have you yeah. checked out any movies yourself recently um like current films that are out right now I, I mean i uh well you know my daughter who's 16 she's huge Avengers fan and Marvel so um and my boyfriend too Doug he they're the two of them together it's like yeah it's 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 colossal so uh yeah we're watching Loki like you know on a hard hard binge I heard Um, that's very good oh it's great The, the writing just the fantastical um concepts but also the emotional journey is you know, it's just it's it's about who we are right now so you know people get power hungry all the time <laughs> no, and for sure. uh, teamwork has to make the dream work so th- that's what those shows are really about it's like good conquering evil and everyone sticking together and you know finding that that deep sense of strength in the well that that we have that you didn't think you could be any stronger mm-hmm. and uh kick kick the bad things out of our life (laughs) yeah for sure so I just I love all that and uh I mean I don't I don't really understand all the they they're so immersed in the characters and everything that I'm kind of asking questions and they give me a lot of like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) I gotta get a little bit better at but I mean as far as films um you mean like scary movies and things like that no literally anything Anything. like even if it was new or if it's an older film that you never saw before anything um well you know what i've been binging on is called a midwife um this is so really not a guy's show this is like strictly females only (laughs) it's set in 1950s and 60s uh east end london um so it's it's right after the the world the second world war and the baby boom is in full swing and there's no contraception and people are just having babies all over the place and this is before gas and Mm -hmm. and uh you know any real medical help and forceps and I, i mean i had a really intense labor so i think it's just really kind of geared for people that have have uh given birth you know and that there's there's really nothing more dramatic that we will ever experience in this life than birth and death and how fragile everything is in between that and how difficult it is to get a human life onto the planet and uh yeah I just I love the the show so much it just takes me I mean and I'm watching it like this like on my side and I'm like oh my god you know (laughs) (laughs) oh I know I hate watching birthing scenes like I can't even imagine how much pain they go through oh you, oh can't. you can't. You can't imagine. You can't. No. <laughs> no. It's it's it, it's unexplainable. But then you have the life afterwards and, and everything goes away. But 
Yeah, that show is, and, and they deal with so many issues. Yeah. Um, they had one episode the other night where it was uh, all about the these um, people that, you know, when, when people have Down syndrome and, and different yeah. issues like that, different special needs, they put them in, in homes where they're all together. And, they, yeah. and they, we still do that today because it's it's safer and and they get the cognitive and everything that they need. But yeah, this one right girl people. gets pregnant. She's 16 and she has a boyfriend who's got Down syndrome and he's mm-hmm. in love with her. And you're, yeah, th- those kinds of issues were just really terrifically tackled. So, yeah. Uh, that sounds good. That <laughs> sounds like a lot. <laughs> yeah. um, Call the midwife. Yeah. It's the alternative to Halloween movies. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, we don't, gore. we don't just watch horror movies. In fact, I actually went to a movie the other night. I went to a midnight screening at the New Beverly Cinema. Oh. And right. it's hilarious because guess who ended up showing up there? Quentin. Quentin. I went to go wow. see I went to go see Pulp Fiction and he showed up right at midnight and it was pretty insane. And I was just kind of like, wow, because we're interviewing interviewing you today. And your new book is called I Should Have Been Nicer to Quentin Tarantino. Uh, what's the overall response been on the new release? Wow. I have it right there's, here. There's the hard oh, copy. I, I want to get a hard, hard copy. copy. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, it was Thank excellent, you. by the way. Thank you. Um so good. I'm sorry. What was your question? I'm well, so busy well, well, what was the overall reception to the release so far? Oh, I've gotten incredible reviews. Um, yeah. Very, you know, I, I guess, <laughs> you know, you, you show it to your parents, right? Cause like parents yeah. are, and these are stories about my life. So they're, yeah. you know, people that I, I, that really know me, it was really important for me to have them read the book because mm-hmm. they're going to know whether I'm being honest or not. And uh, that was my dad's review after he read it. He was, I was like, what could you say in one word? He goes, honest. Yeah, no, you go deep in it for sure. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't go full skeletal, but I think <laughs> I pulled out a few phalanges and some rib bones and maybe a few vertebrae and a couple of femurs. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it, it's, a, it's a fine line. It really is because, yeah. you know, when, when you're talking about truth, and, and stories where people are here, there's, you know, all these people are still alive. I mean, I'm talking about Lorenzo and yeah. Ranscom and, and different people that I've worked with. And, uh, you know, you want to be careful because mm-hmm. I didn't want to destroy any friendships that I've worked very hard to procure. Of and course. it's, uh, it's also, you want to, you want to tell your side too. Mm-hmm. So Fortunately, Lorenzo has written a book before I wrote a book. So I read his book, reviewed his book. And, you know, I was like, okay, well, that was your version. And uh, that's good. <laughs> you decided to do it. But, um, but we have no hard feelings. We're, we're friends. That's and, great. Uh, yeah, we hope to work together again sometime, I'm sure. Yeah, I so. thought the book was fantastic. I still have actually 45 minutes left. I got the audible version, the audiobook. Oh, um, thank you. Yeah, I love it. Uh, the forward by Nick Vallelonga is very excellent too. And um, I love how each of the chapters of your book end up on an overall learning lesson in life. How did you get the idea to do that? Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm, um, I'm a big fan of things that have some symmetry. Yeah. And especially when it's a, 
I mean, this was such a collage of my life. So because it was so abstract and I'm not telling it in, you know, the beginning to the end, it was just kind of, you know, I just picked stories from whatever really meant something to me. I thought that if if there was a a, uh, consistency to how they wrapped up, then it would feel like, oh, okay, well, now I really get what that whole story was about. Like, what's the point? You know, we kind of come out of films and television or, or reading a, a book or listening to something and we're like, well, what was yeah. the point of that? What was the message, yeah. you know? And, and I think having a message is helpful because it yeah. gives you a little bit of a, this, this, is, this is what the story was about. And then this was what the emotional deep dive brought to the surface. Yeah. So I, I like a, uh, you know, not everything is always tied up with a bow, mm-hmm. but it's nice if you can feel like there's, you know, when you, when you read this kind of book, you don't have to read it all at once. So no, not can, at all. Right. It, so that helped with, mm-hmm. you know, making it feel like there was a beginning, a middle and an end to each short story. Yeah. So. I enjoyed the overall scope of everything. And yeah, like you said, you could definitely go in parts and listen to a part a day or, or read a part a day. And it's like always mm-hmm. a new story. Thank you. Um, did you have a favorite so far? Did, did one oof. story particularly stand out? Uh, I mean, there's some that I have questions for, but um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, like the whole thing, like, obviously, I don't know. There's like so many little things like, okay, here's, here's a couple right here that I have written down. So you get to, you talk about your car getting stolen by valet in Hollywood. That was funny. Um, the Johnny Depp story where you run into him in the bar. Uh, Kill, accidentally killing your bunny rabbit. Um, I'm trying to think where I'm at right now. I'm like literally in chapter 44, I think. There's just I'm so pet. many little things. Those are just a couple I have there. But- oh, I love that your dog just jumped into the shot right when we're talking about on pets. That was, you can't cue the dog any better than that. Oh, look at that. Is that a border collie? Yeah. <laughs> oh, adorable. Wow. Came in for some, he's like, were you talking about a bunny? I heard bunny, bunny. <laughs> he's like, it's just as good as a squirrel. Yeah. yeah he's crazy. <laughs> he's, 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 a, he's a little maniac. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Those border collies, they come with, with a uh, mania certificates, I think. <laughs> but yeah. The Howard Stern stuff was funny. The OJ Simpson stuff. I mean, it just goes on and on. Oh, cool. Thank you. Well, it's, um, there's a, there's so much to be said about when you go back and look at your life and you give yourself a chapter to find something that, you know, kind of coincides with that. And, you know, there were times where I was like, I'm going to write about this. And then I ended up writing about something else because it took me on a, on a different trajectory. But, uh, yeah, I love that. Um, I love that Johnny Depp story. That was so, so how so and how did you oh go ahead. I was just gonna say I loved your like anti-bullying stuff in there too. And just like you said, a lot of the learning lessons. It's just a I really have a, good read. I have a lot of respect for anything that promotes anti-bullying. I, that means so power to you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah well, but... I think we've all endured it. This is Absolutely. a society that um has been bullied uh for generations and I mean, it's just it's just the way that the world seems to have worked is that people feel like that the one way they can um, get to control somebody else is through intimidation. And Intimidate, fear. intimidation and feeling like they have superiority over others and all that. Right. Like, well, it's know. a it's a fear fear mongers. You big know, big time, big time. Um, yeah. And and usually, 
I mean, not even usually. I would say 100% of the time, people that do that, they have some sort of deep-seated insecurity that is that's being created, and they've also been bullied themselves. Yeah. So we've uh, all been bullied. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, so, a, it's a degeneration of breaking that cycle and and the only way you can really do it is just by calling somebody out and then oh, removing yourself from the situation like big sure. time yeah. yeah so so tell us how did you get first started in the film industry i know your your, your mother abby dalton you know she was an admired actress so i'm sure she persuaded you right she, you know, it wasn't necessarily persuading me, but I was definitely given a front row center seat to it mm-hmm. yeah. and what it looked like. And um, I never had a problem uh, being around people. I don't think, I think you, there's uh, a certain amount of people skills. I mean, I know a lot of actors that are also very shy too, and, and don't really enjoy that aspect, but if you do and you're able to get up and, and perform anything, I think it's, it, it, it gives you a sense of confidence that, you know, that you wouldn't have had it had you not gotten up and, and done something and, and put yourself out there. So I saw my mom put herself out there a lot and I saw what she gained from it and, and the enjoyment that she had. And, and then once I was in like fifth grade and started doing plays at school, I was like, oh man, I think this could be for me. And then by the time I got into high school and really doing, you know, more stage work in high school, I was like, yeah, I really think that this could be an opportunity. And because she was already in the business, it allowed me to get an agent right away. Um, she guided me more than she um, pushed me. She said, you know, you've got to go to class. It's not like, I mean, just like if I was like, I want to be a guitarist or I want to, be, you have <laughs> yeah. to learn how to play the instrument. So yeah, this is the time. instrument. This is the, this is where we pack all the information and this is where it has to come from. I mean, our, we put it in our brain, but it has to come from your heart. And then you have to be so willing to eat that rejection pie over yeah. and over and over again. And it doesn't, I think, I think now the way that the, the system works now with auditioning, because you have to be a filmmaker basically in your own home yeah. to, uh, to create um, an audition because you're just not going in the room anymore. So, you know, I'm a lighting tech. I'm a, I'm a sound tech. I'm a cinematographer. <laughs> I'm a hairstylist. I'm a makeup person. I'm wardrobe. <laughs> you know, I got my whole lighting set up right behind me. <laughs> yes, exactly. And like, that's elaborate. So like, it's, it's a, it's a pain in the ass to set up and it's a pain in the ass to break down. So Big this God. is where I film in here. And I'm, you know, I, I'm a, my own little factory. And then once you get all that put together, then you have to focus on performance. Yeah. So fortunately I've been in this business a long time and I've, um, and I've also worked behind the camera quite a bit. So I understand, you know, how important it is to get everything right. And then, you know, step into the performance shoes and yeah, it's probably going to help me become a, you know, be able to direct myself. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. Of, all, of all the positions you've you know done like like director producer all that which, which one do you think is the most like demanding and the most you know like uh like yeah the most demanding 
directing. Well, directing is definitely, directing is super demanding, I would say, because you're looking at so many moving parts and, um, and you're dealing with so many different personalities and the artist personality starts from the beginning and ends, you know, with the, with the actors to the craft service people. I mean, I don't, I don't care. I think everybody that steps on an, uh, on a set is an artist because they're here for storytelling and they're here to provide for the artist who's going to go and, you know, step in front of the camera and create that story. So I think that, you know, all those types of different personalities, they're sensitive and they're, um, and they want to do, they want to be right, you know, and they want to do, do the right thing. So it, it takes, I've done it a couple of times and it, it takes a lot out of you, but it is so rewarding. Mm-hmm. And, and the acting job, that's like, oh my God, it's so cush, you know, once, <laughs> you, once you've been like a crew member and you're like there from beginning till end and making sure everything's yeah. okay and everybody's safe. And yeah, yeah, I have a lot of respect for crew. Now Major that kudos to the crew. It. Yeah, absolutely. They, yeah. I think, yeah, because you know, they're the ones that are first called in before everybody else, usually. So, yeah, yeah, the only, their the first only crew, call, their last call, huh? The only crew I typically don't like are PAs, though, because they're super mean. <laughs> <laughs> that's about it, though. That's because they're making that's because they're the lowest money maker on the it, thing. Yeah, they literally. have to do all the grunt work. It's like they, their job is so undefined, other than like do this and do that, yeah, you know, it's just, for sure. And it's, it's a stepping stone. You know, every, every PA is looking, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming to get into production, you know, they want to be a producer, yeah. they want to be a director or, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Usually, usually like ADs or PAs are like aspiring directors and producers. And then, you know, of course, background actors are aspiring actors too. Mm-hmm. And I think that they're all, every single job is so vital to make the, the actuality of, the finished product and and every one of those people needs to be treated with respect and kindness and appreciation because otherwise they're just they're going to make the the set miserable like you said Kellen like if the people aren't oh yeah aren't happy <laughs> yeah yeah so you went to your first acting class at age 16 right yes and it took only two years about two years to become a professional actor Right. I got my first job at 18, right out of high school, hard bodies. Was that first acting class the one where you met Tarantino? Yes. Yes. That was James Best Theater and in Toluca Lake. Um, And uh, yeah, he was, he was young too. He was probably 19. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm sure he was a teenager. Yeah, he was because I've looked at our dates of, of birth and we're very close in age. So yeah. Yeah. He was just a kid in the back with his his notebook, spiral notebook, just like (laughs) writing taking note after note. note. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He's like, what do you think about the title Reservoir Dogs? (laughs) I don't remember him saying that. That was probably what he was working on. Who knows? Or something. Was he working at the video store at the time? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was that time could have been, yeah, I don't know. He was just some dude in the back and he was like, <laughs> we should do a kissing scene. I was like, I want to learn how to play a screwed up teenager first. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any idea like what, what he, no. Quentin would become later on? Hell no. 
<laughs> You're just no. a weird guy with the foot fetish in the back. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I did see somebody the other day on like TikTok <laughs> or something. He was coming out of a place and signing autographs. And the girl's like, will you sign my foot? And he's like, yeah, sure. What? And then he starts signing her foot. And she's like, so what do you think about it? And he's like, oh. what? And she goes, my foot. And he's like, can you rate it? And he's like, rate your foot. He's like, what? Oh, that's a good foot. What? Wait, when was this? Is this on video? It's on video. I'll find oh it. Oh my god, it. I'm gonna what? die. Wait, they filmed this? Yeah. So oh, you know how I got it? One of my friends from Hawaii that I worked with. Um, she's like a crazy Tarantino fan. And uh she's like, This is my hero, this chick to have the wherewithal. Yeah. To like, yeah. I know. I would be cool though. If I could get Tarantino to sign my foot, I would go straight to the tattoo parlor. I've literally been in front of him three times and I never got to meet him, but this time I definitely would have brought up this book for sure. Ah, uh, so you didn't meet him that night? When no. Was this, last night? this was, yeah, you know what? It technically was last night because it was a midnight on Saturday. All right, what day is today? It okay. Was, it's, uh, Sunday. it's Sunday. Sunday. So it was a midnight Friday. No, it was, ago, it was a midnight right? Friday, but, you know, okay. it's midnight, so that's technically Saturday. So yeah, it was right. technically Almost two days. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So you didn't uh, well, go up and say hello or I would have, I literally, I got there like two minutes late and uh, I go to the <laughs> box office to get my ticket or whatever from Wilco. And the guy was like, um, or he heard like applause and he's like, Oh, you better get in there. There's like a special guest. And I'm like, Oh shoot, that must be Tarantino. And I walk in and I'm in the <laughs> second row. And of course, instantly I pull out my phone and start taking pictures and they have like a, a photo policy there. You're not supposed to do that, but it's Tarantino. So I did that. And then of I got course. yelled at, yeah. um, but I still got some picks. <laughs> cool. You know, so yeah. In terms of My, he, he was on stage, he was like, yeah, I'm not doing a Q and a after, but enjoy the movie. And he stayed for the whole movie, sat in the audience and you could hear him laughing throughout every scene. <laughs> Oh my God. It He's was, his own canned laughter. I love it. It was hysterical. <laughs> yeah. My only, my only experience with Tarantino was when I did background on once upon a time in Hollywood and it was the Hollywood, it was like all shot on Hollywood Boulevard. They shut it all down to look like 1969, I believe. Uh -huh. And that, you know, the, the one thing I got to, I really admired is just, he's very work driven. He's very focused. And, you know, he was, one thing I'd noticed about him is, especially if he's doing a, a period piece, he wants it to be historically accurate. Like, especially with like the costuming and all that. Like he would say, no, this guy doesn't look authentic, lose the headband and all that. But I just, I really admired how much of a hard worker he is. Yes. And, you know. He's truly detail-oriented. And I, I love that about him too, Ed, because, um, you know, that's that was such a piece of history. And I, I grew up in in that area. He, he put, when he did the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he went down to Riverside Drive, where I grew up, and mm -hmm. put back the pot and pork <clears throat> liquor, put back all of these, like, landmarks that that I knew and what I what I so love about his writing is that and and his directing is that yes he makes it so believable to that era but he has completely turned around the story to yeah. make his story the new thing you know and I and I love that like Inglorious Bastards was so well done and he took he took that whole like anger that we have about the Nazis and the, the injustices and, and the, the horrors 
And he let us like in on his, like, this is what I would have done. Yeah. He <laughs> made know? it funny. <laughs> yeah. It's his own version of it's his, it's his own vision of what if. Right. What if, you know? Yeah. And he took us on that ride. And the same thing with once upon a time in Hollywood, like he, he gets to that point in the film where you're like, Oh God, you're just dreading like what the, <laughs> what the truth was, mm-hmm. but then he takes it into another place and you're just like, Oh, that was fun. Like, I loved that. I mean, I don't want to give it away for people who haven't seen the film. I can't imagine people that haven't seen it yet, but Daniel Harris was in the movie too. That's right. And That's uh, I gave her a copy of the book to give to Quentin because 10 years ago or now 11 years ago um, in, 2020, in 2010, I went to the DGA Awards oh, cool. um, and he was nominated for Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. and uh, Catherine Bigelow won for The Hurt Locker. Mm-hmm. But I was with my friend Tanya, and I said to her, I'm like, God, you know, because they were doing like a 10-minute reel on Inglorious, and uh, I leaned over to her, and I said, you know, I'm going to write a book one day called I Should Have Been Nicer to Quentin Tarantino. And she's like, oh, you must. And I said, I said, what, write the book? She goes, no, you must go tell him that before we leave. So I said, okay, well, if he, if he wins, I'm not, because it's, he's going to be inundated, but if he doesn't, you know, okay, we'll see what, what his table looks like. Cause I could see him. It was at the Beverly yeah. Hilton, I think. Yeah. And so he was like, you know, he, he wasn't over, over, uh, you know, there were too many people. Christoph Waltz was at the table and yeah. Brad and Angelina. And, you yeah. know, so it was a little bit of an intimidating table, but I was like, Oh, let's just go see if he, if he remembers me. I had a nice gown on. So I was feeling pretty confident. Yeah. <laughs> So I go over there and he's like, oh, my God, Kathleen. I'm like, hey, congratulations on your life. Congratulations on everything you've done. But uh, I've decided I'm going to write a book called I Should Have Been Nicer to Quentin Tarantino. And he was like, ha, 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 laughing like, oh, wow, because everybody else was seeing that I was making him laugh. And I'm like, hmm, maybe I should do this. So it took like three years to percolate and seven years to execute. But yeah, yeah. It's awesome. So he does know. And now he should know. I'm sure he knows that the book is out because it's that's good. Yeah. Hopefully he'll be at my my party. I'm having a um, I'm having a book signing uh July 22nd. Oh, are you in North Hollywood uh at the Iliad bookshop? Ooh. Um, so that's from four to six. So if you wanted to promote that, that would be great from four to six at the Iliad. And then um, we're doing a, a red carpet thing. Uh, following awesome. Oh, cool. We'll be there. Let's go. Yeah, it'll be awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm in Burbank. So that's like 15 minutes away. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 That's like a $6 Uber ride. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Absolutely. That's going to be yeah. fun. So July yeah. 22nd. Yeah, I'll send you all the info. Awesome. Sure. Oh, July 22nd. I'm, I think I'm scheduled to work late that day, but I will make I'll the be effort there. to be there. I'll right, you. Cool. Yeah. It's the day before the opening ceremonies of the Olympics. Oh, even better. Wow. Yeah. So everything's <laughs> being pushed a year. <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. So Fraternity Vacation was one of your first <gasps> big films. And it looked, and you know, just even watching it, it just it seemed like it was a pretty wild movie to work on. Not to mention, you even got to work with a great cast. So, what was uh, your overall experience working on that? That was just too damn much fun. Um, except that I was, I think fun. I was like 19 at the time, 19 or 20. 
So I wasn't really allowed to go to the clubs that everybody was going to because I didn't have a fake ID. I remember that part. Mm -hmm. But it was we filmed during uh, Easter break. So we had this production value of, you know, a very, very packed Palm Springs. So the, it just felt like a party wherever we went. And yes, the cast, Barbara Crampton, Cameron Dye, uh, Tim Robbins, Cherie Wilson, um, you know, Matt McCoy, who I just did a film with last year, a, uh, a Hallmark film where he plays my husband. I mean, it was just like, and Lee McCloskey. I mean, there were so many great people and Jeffrey. <laughs> Steven, Steven Jeffrey. Steven Jeffries. Yeah, Jeffrey Stevens you... and Amanda Beers. I mean, there was, it was just, and, and James Frawley, who directed it, did a ton of the Monkeys episodes. I don't know if you ever saw the TV series, The Monkeys. It's way before your time. but I know the was, band, The Monkeys. The well, that was, yeah, it was the band, and they oh, had a the show called The Monkeys. Yeah, Peter oh, Tor, I didn't know that. And Katie Jones, Mike Nesmith, and oh, that's cool. The other guy, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, they, Did you... I loved that show. So he, it was a like very goofy, like crazy. It was like you know the Beatles did that. Well, it was just like let's just do a wacky show about a band you know <laughs> that was it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, did you have a chance to interact with the late John Vernon? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because he had worked with my mom before and his daughter, Kate, uh, worked with Lorenzo on Falcon Crest and my mom. So, yeah, there was there was already a, a bit of a connection there. So we talked a bit. Yeah. John Vernon. Oh, my God. That's right. Ugh. And he worked with uh, Grant Kramer on Killer Clowns. From Outer he Space. did. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Classic. <laughs> You know, it's, it's, so, yeah, it's so interesting. Some, the long, uh -huh, yeah, the longer you're in the business, the more everybody just starts to like, you know, you just start to connect and it's nice. You always have, yeah. you always feel like you have somebody else to talk about. <laughs> you meet somebody, you know, like, hey, I work with this. And so that's how it worked with me and Johnny Depp. That was my conversation. <laughs> yeah. Quick, so, uh, somebody you've worked with. <laughs> <laughs> so did you interact with any sorority? Actually, like, you know, sorority members just to get into character or were you ever a part of a sorority um no i i didn't talk to anybody i didn't i i've never been in a sorority i never went to college yeah um so yeah what did i do to go i i was so nerved out from that scene i mean you can only imagine all i did was just think about i don't know when's lunch <laughs> yeah <laughs> No, that's actually funny. How do I get through this? That's funny. Yeah. We brought that up. Uh, that's that's where I'm at in the book. Actually, is where you're talking about. You didn't go to college, like right. Oh yeah, college. on education. Yeah, yeah, that's the chapter I'm on. Um, you didn't miss much. I hated college personally. I loved high school, but yeah, I was not a fan of college at all. <laughs> it's a it's a complete opposite for me. I don't <laughs> know. I didn't I didn't go to like a party school though. That's probably why. I mean, I didn't really I didn't have that experience. I just kind of. Isn't that funny that it's like, yeah, I'm going to college so I can have the party experience. Well, I just skipped <laughs> yeah. college and went right to the party experience. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just wanted to come out here and work on film, and I don't know. I took a bunch of film courses and stuff, but yeah, it uh -huh. just felt like a delay for me. I just, I just wanted to get out here. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think everybody's journey just has to be their own, and and when we yeah. compare too much to what other people have done or what is expected of us yeah. and you know then uh then you're not being true to yourself 
No, so yeah. it's, it's like at that, and especially at that particular time in life where people really need to um, go in, you know, and focus on like, mm. what is it do I really want? Or what is it that somebody else wants for me? Mm-hmm. Or what do I really, you know, what is the passion? Because it, it college is expensive. You have to go far away. There's so, yeah. there's so many components to it. I mean, and certainly now with um, technology, that is so uh at our fingertips and and learning how to do things on diy channels and you know just by being able to like hey here's how you build a resume here's how you go here's you know get on linkedin get on you know put it out there in social media i'm looking for this particular job you'd be so surprised like did you really need to go to college and you know do that but like some people want to have that degree. And I think yeah. degrees are really important. And I think that they're, you know, they're mandatory for certain jobs. And, oh, for sure. You know, you're not going to learn how to become a heart surgeon online. No, no. <laughs> Absolutely You need not. some practical stuff. Can you imagine the people that still had to pay the tuition fees during COVID? I can't imagine Good that. God. Yeah. And still, you know, doing everything online. That's got to suck. I'm just kind of glad that we were out of school long before the pandemic hit. <laughs> Right. And, yeah. and thank God that when the pandemic hit, everybody had a computer so that that yeah. life yeah. didn't actually get put on pause for one year. And like everybody has to come over and do a repeat. I mean, that would we're already traumatized from from just all the different emotional stuff from what COVID brought. But yeah, I, I'm, yeah, my daughter's going into 11th grade. You know, she doesn't have to repeat the 10th grade because nobody could get a you know connection to what was going on so yeah fortunately the pandemic hit at a a good technology time in our history yeah so that everyone can still progress and uh get the information on who we can blame yeah no for (laughs) sure (laughs) so was halloween four offered to you or was it your typical run-of-the-mill audition that your agent sent you on it was a typical run-of-the-mill audition and i think i went in once and maybe had a call back I, i don't really remember Um, but that was, yeah, I didn't, I didn't start having things offered to me until, until Renegade, really. Renegade was like my first real offer. Yeah. And, uh, and then I got offers, but I've, I've generally auditioned for everything, mostly everything I've ever gotten. That's fantastic. There's been a few movies here and there where where I haven't been super large and they just offer it to me, but. Well, it's cooler to, to actually just audition and get it than have it offered you, I think, because then you, you're, you're proving yourself, you know? Yeah. 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 There's definitely like, oh, I really tried for this and I got yeah. it. So you're like, oh, everything that's really worthwhile is truly earned, yeah. including respect and uh, you know, trust. So, yeah, I agree. But I also think that it's really awesome to just be handed something <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm absolutely. Hundred percent. No, it's it's cool to have an even balance of both for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, an even balance because that also says like, oh, I've I've worked and I've earned it in another way I've where I don't have to jump through every fiery hoop. But yeah. yes, I mean, I had I had an audition this week for a job that I'd really love to have, and the first time I put it on tape, I was like, ooh, maybe I. I don't know. Let me ask my management. So I asked them to yeah. take a look at it. And there, and one manager was, she's like, Oh yeah, this is great. This is fun. Send it in my, and my other manager. He's like, 
I think you can do better. I was like, I think I can too. So back to the drawing board. Fortunately, I had enough time to get it in. I even got it in the day before it was due. Yeah. So I try to, I try to really stay ahead of it. And it's like, you know, nine pages of dialogue that I memorized. And yeah, you know, that's, that's the thing now you don't, you don't read anymore. No. They don't know. No, it has to be a performance. Yeah. Big time. It, it, it's not an audition anymore, especially when you're doing it in your own home and you have the time to, you know, they want to see that. It's not going to happen any other way. It's not just getting the lines yeah. down. It's it's just playing that character. Like if you forget some lines or you mix them up a little bit, it's just about that performance. Like you said, that's the uh -huh. most important aspect of it. It's about bringing it to life. Yeah, it is, and yeah. it takes it it takes some uh, some skill. It's about reanimating. <laughs> yeah. I wish I did. I wish I just had like, ooh, here's a shot of acting juice. You know. <laughs> And like, all the lines are in there and ooh, all the emotion is in there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So when you auditioned for the role of Kelly Meeker, uh, did you have any clues for the fourth ins uh, Halloween installment? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it says so on the, on the audition <laughs> package. You're auditioning for this particular thing. So I knew it was Halloween 4. I knew it was a franchise. I knew Halloween 3 hadn't done really well. Um, I met a lot of people who were like, Ooh, you know, that was not my favorite one. And, um, yeah. so there was, there was a little bit of, I mean, not, I was still like young. I think I was 19 for that too. And I, I'm like, we didn't really, we didn't really embrace the pressure very much. I think we were just embracing yeah. the fact that like, we're young and we're having a movie and like, we're having fun. And yeah. <laughs> so I think fortunately, uh, I didn't really know enough about any of it to, to add any kind of, oh God, it was just like, Dwight was great, great director, the crew was great, Danielle was awesome, Sasha I knew from before, because yeah. we had gone to high school together, and he took one of my best friends to prom, and we all went to prom together, oh, so cool. that was still fresh, um, so it was very comfortable, and I mean, I mean, but that was after the fact, after I got the job. But so, yeah, going into auditioning, I was auditioning a lot back then. Like I had constant. So it was just like, oh, just another one. You know, maybe I'll get it. Maybe I won't. Yeah. Um, I think when you're that busy, it, things aren't as precious. Mm -hmm. So you're just like trying to make the appointment. <laughs> was your uh... wearing the right outfit? <laughs> Was was your death scene pretty easy to film? Seeing that they used a lot of like the quick cutaway shots. No, it was not um, easy to it film. Wasn't. It was, no, it was really uncomfortable. And um, there was one moment. <clears throat> okay, I'll, I'll explain it to you. They <laughs> they built a bicycle seat, like a ten speed bike seat, okay, onto the door, so that I could get onto the seat, so that my legs would be dangling. Yeah, specifically my feet. Yeah. They wanted to just see that drop of the feet. So that, you know, and sitting on a bike seat without having any support, you know, all that pressure is going to my base chakra. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. So that was uncomfortable to begin with, but you know, they, they kind of put an apple box under my feet in, in between. So I wasn't super uncomfortable, you know, and then they, they put a harness on me. Yeah which had a hole in the back of the flannel shirt. Mm -hmm. So, and then they, they drilled a hole into the door so that when I get hit, I slam back. They can 
they can ratchet me back a little mm -hmm. bit and pull me so that my hands are up. So I'm not using all my muscles to try and hold that. So they can get like that real slam. Mm -hmm. um, I think they had a little pad on the back of my head so I wouldn't hit my head, but uh, yeah, that harness was cutting into my rib cage and into my, all my Ooh. intestines so much that like Jeez. when they finally got me off the bike seat for, you know, cause it was like, well, three minutes possibly yeah. of like really just being up there and being and over and over again, you know, they, they probably just kept it rolling and did it, a, you know, did a series of takes, but when they brought me off that thing and my, um, got the harness off and my, all my intestines started filling up with water again, cause there was a complete, I was completely cut off. Yeah. It was like a cramp that had me doubled over in pain. So I was crying for a little bit, like a wuss. But and they all that felt sucks. bad. And I was like, <laughs> and you're like you eh, know, it is what you do. <laughs> anything for the movies. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. So it wasn't like I had any a neck injury or anything. I didn't slam into a tree, but yeah. No, absolutely. Good. Yeah. So had had you ever been to Salt Lake City prior to filming? I had before? not. That was really, I think, my first trip to Utah. Um uh, surprisingly enough, I come from a, a very large family of uh, Mormons in Utah. So I oh. was actually able to visit some of my cousins who came to the set uh, from Provo. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been back several times to Utah. I love Utah. I love Utah yes. too. It's amazing. Yes. Yeah. I, my brother has a place in Park City. Which oh, is cool. Really nice. Yeah. Like the, the skiing and stuff, yes. snowboarding. Yeah. The skiing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, we've been skiers forever. My dad was a ski so, patrolman up in Mammoth when I was before I came into the world. So we, there's a lot of skiing in our family. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. What were you gonna say, Ed? So since you're, oh yeah, no, I was gonna ask you know about the chemistry between you and uh, Ellie actually. So since your character, you know, practically became a rival of Ellie's character. Mm -hmm. How did you both get into character to act like as if you both hated each other? I'm sure that had to be, I'm sure that had to be interesting, but yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, um, I think my choices were she has something that I want and I want it more than she wants it. And I'm going to get it, you know? And I think that that's a very uh, selfish attitude for, you know, I'm, that's not the kind of, girl that i am but i no of course <laughs> <laughs> i think that everybody probably covets something of somebody else's at some point in their life um and that was just that was just where that character was at she didn't she didn't care yeah. uh, did you guys like meth did you guys like method act like practice it off screen i don't think so i think that we were both we both came from um uh, the acting mind of like, let's, you know, this is, this is for the, this is for the camera and let's save it for the camera. Because yeah. sometimes I think that, I mean, I, I know, I know people that are very method like that and, and whatever, whatever it takes to get in, into that mind space is great. Cause uh, you want to, like, if you have to do an accent, I mean, I would be doing an accent probably all the time. You don't want to yeah. drop the accent. Um, but for that, it wasn't really necessary because I don't think that either one of us um, had to reach really far to get to that place. 
Mm-hmm. You know, for me, I'm just like, I, I think that when I'm, when I'm not smiling, I think that my face is pretty um, angular and strong and kind of has that quality of like, don't fuck with me a little yeah. bit. <laughs> um, so it's, it's not, it's not a it's big stretch for me. All I have to do is just be like, fuck off, Wade. You know, there's just, <laughs> <laughs> you just do like nothing. Off, and it's right. like, you know, cause my smile is so big. And it's oh, so sure. like, like such a toothy grin that it's it's disarming. <laughs> and but when you take that away, it's like, whoa, where did that person go? So yeah. that's that's my comedy and tragedy, really. And yeah. I think that uh, when we just got into that headspace of like it's creepy out, there's a weirdo out, there's you know the, the lynch mob is out. My dad's a cop, but now I got a, a guy here and. You know, and and I'm hot for Brady. I'm super hormonal. <laughs> Can't really stand in the way of a girl's hormones. <laughs> did you uh, did you sit in on a lot of the screenings when it came out, like to see what the audience? Ran? I did. I did. I went to a couple. I did the Quentin thing. Yeah, yeah I definitely did um, because it was it was a big deal. That's a that's a really oh you yeah. Know, that was a, a big release. And yeah, I was there with my brother, Matt, and I went to this one particular oh, cool. kind of late night screening. And there was some dude in the sitting in front of me and <laughs> in front of us. And when I, at that scene, it with the fireplace with yeah. Brady and I like take off my shirt and, yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm like taking my shirt off. And the guy says in front of me, he's like, well, that was worth the 750 right there. <laughs> That's got to be awkward with your brother right there. <laughs> oh, he loved it. He, like, he was like, that was the moment for him that he always remembers. So, and then he was like, he's like, at the beginning, you're like, cops do it by the book. He's like, but then your bra's off. And it's like, cops do it by the book, you know, <laughs> <laughs> accentuating the t-shirt in different spots. I'm like, oh, I'm so stoked. I brought you along. That's, that's what you got out of the movie. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask too. Did you ever keep that shirt? The uh, cops do it by the book shirt? No, but I've had some made. Oh, yes. I wonder who kept that. <laughs> uh, probably like the Bucky, the prop guy. His, yeah. And, and that was, I mean, his name was Bucky. And it, you know, the guy that gets electrocuted and yeah, yeah, same guy. Yeah. Right. Well, he's, yeah, it's same not name. the guy. Same name. It's, I mean, that's not the prop guy, but right. But Bucky put it's his like, name on the yeah. helmet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> No, I remember. Yeah, that's funny. His head got all fried in that Bucky. Yeah, Bucky, 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 fried brains. Tell us about, tell us about uh, the late iconic actor Donald Pleasance. Oh God, what a treat it was to work with him. Well, he was the actor really on set. That's what it felt like. It felt like. You know, we were all kids and we were all like, you know, doing our thing. And yeah, we were actors, but it felt like when we were in, in Donald Pleasant's presence that it was different. You know, he had an aura that you got quiet around. You know, I think we all kind of were, I don't know so much intimidated, but just awestruck, I think. Yeah. Plus because he was, part of the other films, you know, it gave our film so much credibility. No, and, yeah. And, yeah, and and he has such a fan base that covered not just the horror genre, but, you know, his legitimate um, resume, uh, you know, probably brought 
more people to that film that would have probably not seen a film like that. So yeah, he's, you know, it, it gave us like, like exorcist level of um, movie making, I think, yeah. you know, absolutely. Yeah. He, he brought something to that film that, you know, the others don't have except the ones that he's in. No, he's and, such a terrific presence and everything. Right. Doing. Yeah. So he, you know, he always had his little red cup. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, or his flask. He was definitely um, nice and warm and toasty at all yeah. times. But my God, what a professional. And, uh, and he would, I asked him a few actory questions and he, you know, he humored me by <laughs> answering. <laughs> yeah, he was just, I don't really remember what I spoke to him about, but I do remember asking him about certain actor things. And he was very, very welcoming and very kind. And uh, yeah, I think he thought, I think he was getting a kick out of being fond over and, um, yeah. and respected. And, and, and we were all like, we all had, a, we all had a, a great, mutual admiration society going for him you know and he was older yeah. so he he already had that respect but mm -hmm. yeah he was he was really special i'm very lucky that i got to be around him i didn't have any scenes with him unfortunately but yeah no for sure but it's still cool to be able still to be to in the it. same film you still had the experience exactly exactly yeah. the experience the uh the the attachment to him and a, and a credit credibility is, yeah, yeah. He gave me some street cred at a very early age. <laughs> How often do you go back and rewatch the movie every Halloween? I not every Halloween, but <laughs> I mean, I yes, but I, I have really enjoyed some great screenings of that and, oh, yeah, and watching time. it with some of the cast. And it might be fun to kind of maybe revisit that this year with some cast and, and watch it again. No, for sure. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Danielle and I watched Bride of Reanimator together. Oh, on her, her on her thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I think I saw a clip of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, that was well, fun. well, we wish we could have seen you at a well, we wish we saw you at H40. Uh, will you partake in H45 in 2023? Oh, hell yeah. Hell oh yeah. gosh, yes. 2023. That's gonna be a good year. I, the minute the pandemic <laughs> hit, that was what I was saying. I was like, well, 2023 looks pretty good. <laughs> 100% everybody was. 100%, right? I mean, yeah. actually, 2021, we're doing pretty good. We're walking around without yeah. masks oh, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just happy everything is slowly getting back to normal, like the way it should be. Yeah, sure. I, it's great. I just got a ticket for the comedy store tomorrow. I'm finally going back there for the first time since the pandemic. Oh, wow. Are you, are there masks required or? I don't think so. I just had to have my vaccine done within two weeks and my two weeks is up today because I got my, oh. my second dose two weeks ago. So, uh, yeah, I get to go see Bill Burr tomorrow, which I'm excited for. Oh, very cool. And I'm bringing that up because yeah. you actually performed at the comedy store a long time ago. Was that only like a one-time thing or did you do that a bunch? I did it a couple of times. Okay. Um, and then I did some stand up at the improv a couple of times too. Oh yeah. Okay. I, I, yeah. I'd say a full handful, like, ooh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> would you ever do it again? <laughs> sure. Yes. I bet it'd be funny. Great writing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sure. yeah. That's a, that's a definite, you know, grab your sack and go. Uh, yeah. 
it's uh, it's very um, your the person that you're responding to is the whole audience. Yeah, and uh, it's daunting. I have a lot of respect, uh, and it's not something that is. Um, you know, I dabbled in it just so that I could like dare myself to see if I could get up there and actually do it. And they were like three to five minute sets, nothing extraordinarily long. I mean, I'm not Tom Papa, who I know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's amazing. And yeah, he's great. But these guys and, and, you know, Sarah Silverman, who's brilliant. Um, they, they work at it every single day. They're writing, they're combing, they're, they're finding, you know, new things. To, that, is, that is such a career that is so difficult. I think yeah. that's like the motocross of acting. Oh, big time. Um, it's tough. Yeah. It's jumping, big Confidence. heat berms, and yeah, you're just getting rattled. And, yeah. and it's not like every comic that you're, you know, hanging with is really stoked for you and your laughs. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking cutthroat. <laughs> I was the one part that I was like, wow, this is, this is not as welcoming as I thought. It was <laughs> <laughs> no, you definitely got to have a good backbone there. That's it's tough. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. And you got to want it. You got to want it yeah. all, with all your heart. I'm, and there's other things that I want. Yeah, more where I'm more focused and where I'm I'm more, you know, I've, I've put a lot of effort into my acting career. So, so these days I'm giving it one more solid hot push. Yeah, you know? for sure. Like call the midwife. Yeah, <laughs> like that kind of a push. No, for sure. Always embrace the rejection too. Yeah, because it's a stepping stone. Yeah, mm-hmm. always to the cliff. Time. Yeah, <laughs> to the cliff. <laughs> so uh, making Bride of Reanimator was a grueling process for you. You'd get you get to set at like two in the morning, go through makeup for several hours, shoot for 12 hours, and then get your makeup removed for another several hours. Where did you find time to sleep? In the 24-hour <laughs> turnarounds that they gave me. Yes. Yeah, they had, to, they had to let my skin recover because those prosthetics took three hours to remove. And my skin looked like Karen Silkwood after an acid bath, you know, (laughs) somebody had just power washed me, you know, with a sand duster. And I was, I was in pain. Um, But then I would aloe vera, aloe vera, aloe vera, like, yeah, with the, with the plant, I would just cut the plant and just like go to bed all goopy and green and my sheets were destroyed. And Oh, that sounds like um, a pain in the ass. <laughs> the plant. And, no, and my hair. I mean, that was the biggest, that was the biggest battle with Brian. Oh, no. um, but I lost and, uh, yeah. but my hair never really totally fell out or anything. It was just, it was just so hard to Clean brush it, through yeah. it. I th- they would put it in these curlers. First they twist it, put it in these yeah. curlers and then back comb it. Oh. Like, into the bride of Frankenstein hair that I had. And I was just like, can I wear a wig? He's like, your hair is so cool. We're going to just make it look great. And I was oh, like, wow. I know it looks good now, but by the end of this thing, it's going to be like, we'll look like Linus. <laughs> so <laughs> Charlie Brown, whoever has no hair, he's got like the three prongs. <laughs> I love that character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now prosthetics are definitely 
not fun, but <laughs> but you looked awesome, by the way. You Thank really you. Did. And I agree. Yeah. I it was definitely the standard by which I measure everything. And if I could endure that for three to four weeks, then I'm definitely, you know, that's and I was fine. I was fine once all the stuff was on and I was in character and, and enjoying that great experience with Jeffrey Coombs and Bruce Abbott and you know Brian Usno is an awesome director and and the I mean KMB effects group these are the guys that Quentin uses so that was like another connection to you know like oh my god I would talk to them about all the movies that they had done with Quentin and when we just had a blast I love those KMB guys mm -hmm. and now Greg Nicotero is the Fear the Walking Dead producer and he's gone on to do so many great things and creep show yeah 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 and Howard and Bob are just so awesome and it was yeah we bonded in a way where you know we'll be friends for life and and I just really appreciate their their expertise and you know once I got them to stop gluing on pubic hair one at a time I was <laughs> like we can we can enjoy ourselves <laughs> yeah so, it was the gluing on of the pubes that i was just like Meh, i gotta yikes. i gotta call the ball here guys no one's looking at that and if they yeah. are they're not looking at the right thing <laughs> so you had you had seen the first reanimator prior to being cast and you were not a fan you know what i saw the re the first reanimator after i got cast or at, that's and, what i mean after you got yeah cast. And, and it wasn't yeah. that i wasn't a fan i was just like blown away yeah <laughs> like, the gore and just how outrageous it was crazy yeah the outrageousness i mean the thing that i remember forever is the guy holding his head and eating out barbara crampton you know yeah. <laughs> i was like whoa man that was <laughs> <laughs> yeah. talk about that's like an ichabod crane moment who thought of that <laughs> i don't know i mean you, then again it's like you, just, you're wondering it's like you always wonder who the hell writes this shit <laughs> yeah. i would say a dude personally um yeah. definitely yeah. a dude and definitely like when you think about it it's like man you can cut off a guy's head but he's still gonna want to get some <laughs> yeah right 100 <laughs> 100%. That's my favorite. 100%. That just shows me, like, <laughs> which head were you thinking with? He's like, all of them. The one in my hand, the one in my other hand, the one in. <laughs> He's like, if she's there, I'm still alive. <laughs> so, that's like, that's were a you... strong sex drive right there. That's like, you can move <laughs> Were you basing your movements on any particular character? Like, in that film? Uh, you know, I was just the, I think the, the thing that just plugged me into that was just like, if this was real, if like, how frightening would that be to wake up looking like that and to have so many different, you know, body parts sewn onto you? Like, I know when I just cut my finger and I'm like, and I see blood, I'm like, oh my God, you know, yeah. like... <laughs> That, you know, what what that character experience was a, a million times of, of uh, discovery really was what it was. It was just an endless amount of discovery and, and, um, and fear. Yeah. <laughs> so discovering one fearful thing after another, and it was just like a spiral. So I guess it just, it made me really, really vulnerable. I think. And I think that's what 
what works the most with that character. It wasn't like, I'm a monster. It was yeah. more like, what the fuck is happening to me? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and who am I? Yeah. And what is this? What's going on? You know, I think that that's really like the, the endless amount of discovering uh, a new body part was sewn on me was like, that's where I was in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't like kill or be or be killed. It no, was, yeah. it was more of an internal uh, frightening awakening. Mm-hmm. It was an, it was a, I was stuck in a nightmare. That's what it was. The very next year, Frank and Hooker came out, and I'm I'm kind of wondering, I'm thinking about it right now. Did they kind of copy that movie a little bit? I don't know. If Possibly. You saw that. It's yeah, the same because kind of I idea. had the legs of a hooker. Yeah. Right. Same kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Well, there's. I think there's a. Uh, oh, you know what other show I'm watching right now is Sweet Tooth. Ooh, okay. Which is brilliant, and that's a whole kind of um, same idea of like hybriding. Yeah. And and, and you know bodies that aren't supposed to be with each other. Mm-hmm. So uh, the concept is there's a horrible um, uh, virus, yeah. very much like what we're having right now. And, but the, it, in this world, they weren't able to figure out a vaccine, but they were doing everything they could to create one. So they started breeding animals and humans together mm-hmm. to try and create some kind of a what the hell, you know, it was like grasping straws. And then they have these children that are half human and half animal. Yeah. Wild. So I, but I love it because it's kids and it's, it's so outside of the scope and it's Warner brothers and it's bitching and yeah. yeah. So how did you get, Mm -hmm. how did you get in that specific mindset to scream bloody murder, cry on cue and laugh maniacally? (laughs) My knees were killing me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. And I think it was like, okay, that's a great question because there were so many emotions in there. I'm ripping my own heart out of my chest. So that's a, that's a human experience that no human that I know of has ever done. (laughs) So it's, it's a, it's crazy. Um, and honestly, my knees were killing me. I was, I was on those slats that, so I was worn out. And it was also like, this is it. This is going to be your last day. <laughs> so it was the last day. <laughs> so it had like real, real stuff that was great. And, um, you know, also the, the physical pain that I was experiencing and the joy of it being over and the sadness of it being over. And, you know, when you, you finish something, you're like, so happy, sad, like a graduation. Yeah. And I think that that it was just a culmination of everything. And I think they brilliantly saved that for the end. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and I think, I think I'm also laughing because the heart is pumping in my hand and I'm seeing it and I'm like, (laughs) you know, and they were like squeezing air into it from backstage, you know, and I'm like, so everything that was actually truly happening in, in my real life and in the, in the character life, it all came out in that moment. Yes. And thankfully the camera doesn't lie. The camera captures everything that's going on and that's, you know, forever 
forever cherished on film. Forever yeah, and they put blood in my eyes. <laughs> right. So they so the blood, like a full on Alice Cooper moment, right? Yeah. I'm like, where's the dove? I mean, like, I need to bite <laughs> the head off a dove and just go full Ozzy Osbourne right now and just yeah. <laughs> um, you stated in the book that when the film was just about wrapped, everyone on the production was thankful to be moving on to something else or just in need of a deep sleep. Did you, did you get much of a break before moving on to another production yourself? I think so. Yeah. A little bit. Okay. That's good. Yeah. I probably went on vacation somewhere and, mm -hmm. and, uh, ate Make a lot margaritas. of, yeah, a lot <laughs> of margaritas, a lot of, you definitely beer. earned it. Yes. <laughs> yes. So yeah. I saw that video of you catching the foul ball at the Dodgers game on YouTube. How many, how many have you caught over the years? Well, that was the first and only real legit foul oh, wow. ball ever caught. Um, I've had a lot of balls tossed to me because those are some really prime seats and, yeah. you know, girls in the front row and, and really, you know, if you're there enough and I'm, I'm a super fan, I'm not, yeah. I'm not a regular fan. I'm a super fan. Yeah. In fact, I even, um, credit myself for yesterday's uh, Bellinger uh, walk-off home run because oh, I wow. sat and I watched and I was like, okay, everybody right now, this is the one, give him the energy. And I like yeah. you know, capture it. And I'm like, ah, you know, and then he's like way over the, you know, out into the bleachers way out there in, in mid center field. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm crazy about the team. I'm crazy about the game. And I have, fortunately been like hey you know and I bring my mitt so they'll they'll mm -hmm. toss me them but that particular moment because it had just rained and everybody had kind of half the audience went inside because they're like oh it's raining we'll melt yeah. <laughs> typical LA <laughs> <laughs> such a typical LA moment I was like yeah. we're not moving okay oh that was smart so it was like the skies opened literally yeah. and and God heard my prayer no, that was and, such a good video. And he was like, here you go. And it wasn't like one of those soft hits. Yeah. That ball cracked that bat. I mean, it didn't yeah. crack the bat, you know, literally, but it, it had a solid pop. Yeah. And I was like, this is this here it is, the lefty hit. And uh so I was like, I was like Marty Feldman with one eye on Justin Turner and like one eye on the ball because I was like, <laughs> you know, I don't want to yeah. wreck a play. Yeah. That's be the nationally televised idiot that you know <laughs> yeah so so yeah i caught that one legitimately and the first thing i did was like look up to vin scully like hey did you see that yeah, you see that? <laughs> yeah i think you say it in the video even <laughs> um i'm actually going to my first dodgers game in like two weeks my friend charlie's flying oh. in i'm not sure which one we're going to but um yeah we got tickets i'm excited oh that's excellent well have a great time it's the happiest uh, place on earth yeah for sure and then um, this but yeah. except for disney <laughs> well no at disneyland is after yeah. the stadium and especially for on my drive <laughs> <laughs> so i checked out phoenix the warrior for the first time last night that's about oh, as yeah. 80s as it gets uh where did you guys shoot that one uh all over we were in um riverside we were in uh mojave desert out in red rock canyon um vasquez rocks i think a little bit just anywhere with sand. Yeah. You know, they, they built a set. Um, that's really weird that you watch that because I have just <laughs> spoke to Bob Hayes, the director the other yeah. day. Oh, really? And, yeah. And he's, yeah, that was, that was my first lead in a film. And 
yeah, classic, uh, end of the world, um, post post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic, yeah. right. Mad Max, you know, it's, it's amazing that the only things that, that we have to wear is something that you would wash the car with, you know, yeah. the leather <laughs> chamois, they mm-hmm. never, never really run out of those. So <laughs> fun, yeah. fun outfit, but I do love that opening scene where I'm eating the apple. Yeah. And I, <laughs> It's, it's awesome. I love it. <laughs> so campy. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm actually a huge fan of kickboxing and martial arts movies. And those are the kinds of movies that got me to do martial arts. And I actually really enjoyed Final Impact very much. And I think, and me personally, I think you had a terrific performance in it too. And uh, I wanted to ask, how was it shooting in Vegas? <laughs> oh gosh. Well, Vegas, you know, that's so much fun because you've got yeah. the production value of all the lights and the, you know, it just feels like, um, it just feels, you know, it's exciting. It's just exciting to be in Vegas anyway. Yeah. And yeah, that was, that was fun with Michael Wirth and Lorenzo. We had a great time. Did, did you gamble during your free time? <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I'm not really a gambler. I feel like I gamble Me so neither. much in life already. Neither, and it's yeah. so hard to earn a dollar and like to throw it away on yeah. something. You know, the best place to gamble, though, in Vegas Which is one? on your way out at the airport at the slots. Yeah. Oh, I've yeah. won like 250, 300 bucks, like almost every time. Really? Wow. And most people are like, oh, God, I don't want to look at one more slot. Yeah. You know, and then you hit those little jackpotters yeah. <laughs> on your way out. You're like, well, there's what am I going to do? Go send it back in there. You're like, no, I'm oh, there's my plane. I got to go. <laughs> yeah. No, if I, if I gamble, I usually limit myself. Like I'll say, okay, if, if I lose this 20 bucks, I'm done. That's usually what yeah. I'll do. That's good. That's a yeah. good, that's a good, uh, a very, um, you know, modest limit. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And I have friends that have issues with it. So, oh yeah. Yeah. Who so, wants that? Yeah. For, so for when Lorenzo's character, Nick dies in the movie, like how hard was it to like cry on camera for the scene? Cause I know scenes like doing scenes like that, can you know not be easy and takes a lot of incredible acting capabilities you know i remember that scene so well because i i um it was one of the first times where i was really scared that i wasn't going to be able to cry because lorenzo and i were married it was so close to home that i was starting to shut down like it was hard for me to to take in as because it was really him you know it there's sometimes where the the mind will just shut off because it's it's too much and so I went into a room and I just sat there quietly for like 20 minutes with no sound no nothing I just brought my mind to a total stillness and it wasn't like I was trying to think of like horrible ways of Lorenzo for him to die I, it was like, I just needed to be present, whether it was him or whether it was somebody else, it was somebody who was dying in a hospital bed. So once I did that, it wasn't, it wasn't difficult at all, but I was absolutely stressing about it. Cause I was like, I don't think I can, I can't, it was, it was too hard for me to take it on that. It was him, you know, the mind is so complicated. It is. And it is. we can't take it lightly that it's like, 
oh, sure, I can just cry on cue. I mean, I'm always three blinks away from tears anyway, because I'm a sensitive person and, and I, I, I feel like I, I'm, I'm very close to, to all my emotions. I don't try to stuff them or push them down. I try to deal with things as they come up in, yeah. in my real life uh, as, as clear and as um, sensitively as possible. But uh, yeah, that, I'm, it's funny you would, you would ask about that because that was yeah. really the only time I've ever felt like, I, don't, I think I'm going to dry up. I don't think yeah. I can, can get there. And I, and it was, it was weird because it, I was so insecure about talking about it. Cause I would thought like people are going to be like, Oh really? You can't cry if you're seeing your husband dying in a hospital <laughs> bed. He's like, he's your real husband. <laughs> I was like, Oh, I, I think it's just too much for me to take on. So yeah. I just, had to not think about it, get out of my head and, uh, you know, imagine him that he was my dog instead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you worked with OJ Simpson on the film CIA codename Alexa, just three months before his estranged wife's murder. Do you think yeah. he's guilty? Yes. <laughs> you talk about in the book a little bit you basically said yeah. he, had, he had mood swings and his personality personality overall was off i think he's i think he's guilty about a lot of things yeah i think that when there's that much smoke and i think that when you've had brain injuries like he's had yeah I think that there are a lot of people, it's a statistic with brain injuries and violence mm -hmm. and um, short fuses. Uh, there were a lot of different components that also were leading up to that uh, situation for him, yeah. I think. And, um, you know, he, he knew how to, to do something like that. Yeah, he, I mean... uh, he had just done a, a a movie called Frogman, where he was working with Navy SEALs and learning how to gut people. Oh my gosh. Um, there's, it was, it was really weird, his whole personality. And, you know, I, uh, I've never heard from him since. I mean, I, I don't plan on, on ever really running into him. Yeah. It gave me the creeps. I had definite, uh, you know, sensory issues with what he was talking about and you know okay. I'm, I'm my feelers were out but you know the that that is one of the most horrific horrific things and i feel for his kids feel for people you know ron goldman's family and mm -hmm. uh you know it's just so not to be taken lightly and yeah that was i i, I wrestled with that quite a bit that whole time because there were a lot of people coming out of the woodwork and I, I didn't want to be lumped into that. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't looking for any fame, any extra attention. Um, but I definitely know that, you know, yeah, something was not right. Something there. was off about this guy. <laughs> mm -hmm. Serious chemical imbalance. I mean, that's what happens when you get hit in the head. It creates a chemical imbalance. Correct. So especially, especially when it happens, you know, repeatedly over and over again with football, you know, it mm -hmm. does that. But uh, anyways. So yeah. And you I, think about those helmets back then. I mean, they, I don't know if they had the carbon fiber that they have different. now for, for cushioning or any of that, or, or just that, you know, those straight on head collisions that were just yeah. so typical of the sport back then. And oh, yeah, people got messed up. Oh, time. 
Yeah. And I mean, there's a, there's a, you know, there's a part of us that, that should have some compassion for that and, and empathy, but the results of, of what that does is, you know, it's unforgivable. Yeah. That's an unforgivable act. And, uh, yeah, he left it. He left a, a trail of tears with that, and and then running, you know, made him look extra guilty. Mm-hmm. So that Bronco ride was not helpful. No. Yeah. So, so yeah. Any, mm-hmm. so, so anyways, <laughs> on to a, so onto a renegade actually. So landing a role in an ongoing TV series is every actor's goal in their career. So tell us, how did this all fall into place? Well, I got very lucky because uh, Lorenzo had already had many meetings with Stephen Cannell about creating a TV series for him. So, and I, I remember all, every single meeting that he went on and uh, they were coming up with this idea and, you know, this, this guy who writes a Harley and he's, he's a karate expert. And, you know, these are all things that Lorenzo did. And so uh, Steven asked to see some of Lorenzo's fight stuff. So he and I had just done a movie called Night of the Warrior that uh, Thomas Griffith actually wrote. Thomas Griffith of um, Karate Kid thing. He's going to be on yeah. Cobra Kai. Yeah. Season, I'm we're all for so that. excited. I know. Can't <laughs> wait. And uh, I was in that movie with him. So he uh, gave Steven the movie and Steven saw it and he was like, wow, who's, who's the girl? And then he's like, well, that's my wife. Yeah. He's like, Oh, um, and then Steven came, I don't know if they, if he had decided then, but I think he started writing a character that was kind of based on me. And then he came to a, a party at our house and Esther Williams, Lorenzo's stepmother, uh, my stepmother-in-law said to Steve and she was there at the party she and he told her he's like yeah I've got this tv series for Lorenzo but we're going to shoot it in San Diego and she said well you can't separate them they just got married They're, you're going to break up their relationship you have to put her in the show mm-hmm. so she kind of was like my I love Lucy moment like <laughs> so she encouraged it so I just he was like okay that, yeah. that Cheyenne will be Kathleen and yeah. I guess he saw enough of my acting in that film to make him feel comfortable, like, well, she could carry this. So, and so I've only I've only seen two seasons so far, and I've really enjoyed the show. You know, the guests are amazing. It's got a, like a bit of a Miami Vice vibe, like just police procedure and guest appearances and all that. So what can I expect for the following seasons to come? Uh, same more of the same. Um, they kind of filter my character out a little bit. I, I do less and less episodes through the, through the season. I, I don't really know why other than Lorenzo and I broke up in the second season. Oh, yeah. In the middle of the second season. Yeah. So that was basically the reason why you probably wanted to see a little less of me. So I think I did like yeah. 14 episodes in the third season, maybe seven in the fourth. And then I finally got my ass fired. Cause I was like, <laughs> Howard Stern, right? Thank you, Howard. Yeah. Thank so you. So what, what even happened to Howard Stern? What happened with that? Well, you know, Howard, he's like, he want he, he's, he's only interested really in the, in the underwear, not just the dirt, but like the really <laughs> muddy dirt. Like he wants yeah. to make mud cakes with yeah, your yeah. information. Um, <laughs> it's all about slinging mud pies. Really. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, it was the night that he was on Jay Leno 
and he had the lesbians kissing and the <laughs> they, they did a cutaway of the lesbians kissing um, that he brought onto the show with him. And he was so pissed that he spent like the first two hours of his show, just like talking about how pissed off he was. <laughs> and I was there, th this was all here in LA. So I was at the monkey bar oh waiting God. to go on from yeah. like two o'clock in the morning until like five. And I was like, guys, I can't sit here forever. Yeah. I, I gotta go, I gotta go down to San Diego and work. I had a call time of like 9 a.m. or something. And everyone knew on the show that I'd come up to LA to be on Howard Stern. Lorenzo had just gotten engaged to Shauna yeah. and um, or his fourth wife, that Shauna. Yeah. And cause he has two Shaunas. Um, they, and, and Howard just wanted to talk about her. He just wanted to hear about like what their relationship was like and, and how I felt about it. And had I ever thrown a clam on her and I'm like, what what's, all the nitty-gritty yeah and he's like i'm like throw a clam what's that? And he's like you know hawk a loogie and i'm like ooh, no that's not me but, but if you're asking me if i ever wanted to like get her i said all i'd have to do is like stick my foot out and trip her she wears high heels that are you know nine feet tall because she's <laughs> she's little and she wants to be taller and uh I'm like, that's what I would do. And then he's asking me if, if Lorenzo, if they're going to be together. I'm like, well, I don't know. You do the math. You know, he's been married a bunch of times, blah, blah, blah. I, I was loose. Yeah. I was tired. I was wanting to just give him what he wanted. Yeah. Uh, because that's the only thing you can do with a host like that. He's yeah. he, he doesn't suffer bullshit. He knows when you're trying to, you know, navigate away from something and he'll <laughs> just keep at you. Keep so like yeah so i was like okay i'll be fodder for the feast i'm totally game and i was honest yeah and i was i did not have an edit valve and everyone on the show including lorenzo had tuned in mm. right when i came on so they all heard everything mm. when i got to the set <laughs> all the all the <laughs> the uh, teamsters were waiting for me Oh, they, no. Like the you know the drivers and all the guys yeah. that, that all loved me and they're like, he's pissed. Yeah. I'm, I'm like why? It's a radio show. Who cares? It's in through one ear, out the other. It's whatever. You know, it's not like he's been doing yeah magazine articles just talking about how the love of his life has finally come into his life and now he's finally in love and you know like, come on, man. Like I was just anyway. He was tweaked and <laughs> I got tweaked. fired. The next week. Well, they should just consider that free promotion, but whatever. Yeah. Sour, sour pussies. Yeah. Speak, yeah. Speak. People are watching Renegade now because they did Howard Stern. You know, exactly. I, did, I was on Howard on. Stern four times. I mean, it, yeah. doing Howard Stern got me my own radio show. Yeah. No, That's why I was on the show, particularly. Yeah. And I was the only person. And Kato Kalin had a show too yeah. on KLSX. That's when they decided to go all talk radio. Yeah. And I was part of it. And uh, I had a you know, weekend, Friday and Saturday night thing yeah. called the Bad Girls Club. And it was a blast and it yeah. lasted for six months. And Howard was only interested in, in you know, promoting me. Yeah. So it was, yeah. it was a tough call. I, you know, I learned a lot from that. Words are, words are powerful. Mm -hmm. So quick, watch them. speaking of uh, Howard, this is something I've been reading lately. What's that? Uh, the book, the book, Private Parts. 
It's sorry. I accidentally texted you. That was my, my bad. <laughs> oh no, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. We're good. We're good. Um, we're good on time. Cause they canceled that. Other yeah. Oh, you are. I was just about to say, I was going to, I was going to rush through the next part. Cause I know you're oh, that's okay. We got a little bit more time. Okay. Perfect. All right. All right. But yeah, best book I've ever read probably. <laughs> Wait, what is that? Which book is uh, it? Howard Stern's private parts. Oh yes. 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 <laughs> I've read it too. It's, yeah. It's a classic. Oh my God. I love it. It's decent uh-huh. movie too. Yeah. 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 Mary McCormick, I think, played his yeah. wife. Yeah. That's right. yeah. Yeah. That was a good book. It was a good film. I, yeah, he's, he's an inspiration to, uh, you know, he's, he's not everyone's cup of tea, but he is definitely himself. My cup of tea. <laughs> yeah. Mine too, because I, I embrace people that really just, you know, you Speak can't give a shit. You're not going to please everyone. Yeah. Not everyone's going to like you. So exactly. if you're trying to, to do something that's going to be mainstream and across the board, I don't even, I, I, what is mainstream? No. Yeah. Something um, that some, Bruno Mars? My definition. Yeah. Right. <laughs> something, <laughs> something that every, something that the general public, I guess, consumes is what could be considered mainstream. Right. Well, that would be like Disneyland then, yeah. I guess. But when you look at Disneyland, it has a ride for everyone. Not everyone's going to want to ride the teacups. Not everyone's going to want to do space mountain. Not everyone's going to want to do California Adventure, you know, yeah. like it's we're all theme parks, and you know, just stay in your circle and and you know, do what feels like your own truth. And Good that Howard knows his truth, yeah. And that's what's fun because he says the shit that a lot of people are thinking and don't have the courage to say, nor the platform. Yeah. And yeah, my hats off to him. I can appreciate anybody that can speak their mind, especially in the day, the days of cancel culture now. Right. It's tough. It's tough nowadays. You can't really get away with too much anymore. I mean, I remember one thing he said to me, because he was (laughs) like the first time I did a show, he was like, well, what kind of underwear are you wearing? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I was like, "Uh, I'm wearing really lame underwear now that I think about it. They're not good. Not yeah. the ones I want to be promoting. Yeah. And he's like, "Ah, oh, come on, show me." And I was wearing riding pants. It was in New York. <laughs> it was cold because they're like riding pants, like jodhpurs. They're, you know, I didn't want any panty lines, so I'm wearing like these riding underwear that are like grandma panties. And I was like, "No, yeah. you're not gonna get to see them. There's no freaking way." And I, and then I said to my girl, like, "And besides, what would your wife think?" And he's like, "Oh, she doesn't care. She has leukemia." <laughs> and Robin. <laughs> Robin Quivers is like, ha, 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 Howard, he doesn't have leukemia. Yeah. And I'm just like, holy crap. Uh, that's one of my favorite parts of the book, honestly. <laughs> right. I'm like, oh my God, this guy, he is literally like, and that it's like, it's like, he doesn't even hesitate to think about what he's going to say. So then the next time I came in, all I wore was like my underwear and a really great jacket and some killer boots. And yeah. I was like, let's get this over with. Yeah. <laughs> so of all the projects you've worked on, what are you the most proudest of? Oh, oh that's such a great question. God. Well, I guess I, Halloween. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm really, I, I would like to say that I'm, I'm, I'm happy with yeah. most of my work. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some cringeworthy moments, but I, 
you know, I'm really proud of, of Renegade. I'm really proud of all the stuff that I'm, I'm doing right now, quite yeah. honestly. I yeah. mean, I've got a TV series coming out called Phoenix. Phoenix. Um, yeah, we're just going to regenerate all my old titles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's it's a really wonderful part and great people in the in the cast: Warren Price, Grace Byers, Michael Broderick. I mean, there's some really awesome people: um, Carmen Moreno, um, um, just some really cool people. And and it, it's exciting to to have new stuff. Um, I just did a film with Branscombe Richmond in Hawaii called Aloha with Love. And that's with oh, nice. Tiffany Smith and Trevor Donahue. It's a lovely rom-com and I get to play her boss at an architectural firm. And, but I'm a nice boss, you know, one of those yeah. strong, you know, nice bosses that you can count on. I, I mean, things that, that people have seen, I, I'm, I'm proud of the Dummy Hoy movie that, that I did where I played mm. a deaf, uh, uh, and um, I work with the deaf children, so all of all of my work was with sign language from the 1800s. Oh wow! It's a baseball movie about the first deaf major league baseball player. Oh wow, that's cool. And uh, yeah, I mean, of, of course, Renegade. Renegade's always at the top yeah. of the list. That's such a great show. Stephen Cannell. Yeah. So many yeah. memories. I got to work on it for so long, and that that's really great. Mm-hmm. Bride of Reanimator, mm-hmm. Halloween. Corporate Ladder, the movie I did with Nick Vallelonga, that's a really, I, I like that film. Yeah. That's you've, been bl- you've been blessed with a great career. You really yeah, you've have. You've done a lot of variety for sure. Thank you, Kellen. Of course, of course. So yes, I, I have. I'm, I'm very, very lucky. I think, you know, blessed is when you know how lucky you are. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, definitely. Um, I always end the episode on a bullshit speed round. Uh, I ask a lot of bullshit questions and you give me your best answer. So uh, favorite scene in Forrest Gump. Shit happens. <laughs> Grape jelly or strawberry jelly? Oh, uh, <laughs> grape jelly. Yes. Yeah. Thank yes. you. That's Thank what you. I always. Yes. <laughs> I was like, what part of Forrest Gump was that? <laughs> it's just a bunch of random questions. <laughs> okay, speed cool. run. It's like a speed round. We okay, just yeah, ask yeah, it yeah, and yeah. do it. Yeah. Favorite horror movie? Halloween four. Really? Okay, perfect. <laughs> what are you most proud of? My daughter. Awesome. Yeah. Of all your projects, which one do you re- revisit and rewatch the most? <sighs> My acting reel. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite non horror favorite oh favorite non horror movie uh, Forrest Gump. All right, favorite action movie. Um, God, let's see, T three. Ooh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Favorite music genre. Oh gosh, um, dance music. <laughs> Is that a genre? What's dance music? What is like that electronic, uh, like or whatever you call it. There's a lot of subgenres when it comes. To uh, like rock, ska, and pop music. Like yeah, I, okay. yeah. Okay. okay. Asian food or Mexican food? Mexican. All right. Or Greek food. He said Wait, what it. was the first? Say it again. Italian food or Greek food? Italian. Los Angeles or Las Vegas? Los Angeles. Uh, favorite vacation destination or a place. Okay. Favorite food. Um, 
anything that's cooked by my boyfriend. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Rudest celebrity you've ever met. <laughs> no one wants to answer this one. <laughs> uh, oh God, who's rude? Even if it was like at a convention, because I have some. Oh. <laughs> I mean, he already knows who that is. <laughs> I already know who you're thinking of. <laughs> God, I I would say more of the promoters than any of the celebrities. Yeah, really. Well. It's kind of like, yeah, some of the agents, celebrity agents, like people that actually work for the celebrities, people that have gotten into fights and stuff. That's like bookers and stuff. Yeah, the bookers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but rude celebrity. God, nobody's ever really. It's hard for people to be rude to me. I'm so tall and disarming. And you're nice. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I'd like, who could be rude to this face? Like, hi, so nice to meet you. Just the people that are driving past you in LA, like like you talk about in the book. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. I'm jealous, you know? Yeah. I guess it just comes down to like, yeah. Because that's usually rage. what it is. <laughs> um, most embarrassing moment? Oh, God, when I crap my pants in third grade. <laughs> that's in the book. Oh, yeah, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> if you could resurrect three famous people to have dinner with you, who would they be? Oh gosh, uh, Gandhi. Okay. Um, <clears throat> let's see, uh, Princess Di, and um, John Wayne. Cool, awesome. That's a good trio right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, do you have any projects or convention appearances lined up for this year? Not yet. Not yet. No, not yet. No. Other than my book signing, yeah. yeah. So That's the, the book only signing. Thing I've lined up. Once again, that's July 22nd. Uh, what was the time on that? Uh, four to six. Four to six. At the Iliad Bookshop on Cahuenga and Chandler in North Hollywood. Cool. So are you going to be doing like All a right. discussion or how, how does that work? Is it just like a Yeah, I'll time? do a signing and then I'll do like a Q&A. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, like a little half hour thing at the end. Maybe awesome. read one chapter. And uh, yeah, hopefully Nick Vellalonga will be to that. Yeah. And talk about the so, forward. Yeah, he's he's on the maybe list, given that he doesn't go to Italy for an Italian film festival where he gets treated like a god. Yeah, it's like those are really <laughs> hard to pass up. I'm like, I know. And yeah, nobody's traveled anywhere for the last year, so I get it. But, it would be funny if like Tarantino just walked up and was like, "Yeah, can I get a copy?" <laughs> like, sure. Can you sign my foot? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if like if I buy a copy. And can we do that kissing scene that we were talking about? <laughs> Completely. Yeah. Yeah. I hope my boyfriend would be down for that, but yeah, yeah. sure. Uh, yeah. Where can, where can your fans find you? Uh, they can find me on um, IMDB. They can find me on uh, Instagram. Um, I have a website, kathleenkinmont.com. I have, uh, and they can buy my book on Audible, Kindle, and uh, Amazon. Sweet. So, and your yes. Instagram, is it at Kathleen Kimmott? I'm pretty sure. It is. Oh, yes. yeah, perfect. Awesome. Yes. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I'm going to try my best yeah. to come to that book signing. I can't wait. Oh, you will. You yeah, will. Definitely. For sure. Let me know when you, you got too any. close to not. I know. Uh, which which area are you in in LA? Are you like- I'm in North Hollywood. Yeah. Oh, cool. So you're like right yeah. there. Awesome. Yeah. We used to live, we actually used to live on uh, Coldwater. Coldwater Canyon and Victory. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Right yeah. near, like, Very close. Summer. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice little valley, isn't it? Oh it yeah, is, for sure. Yeah, yeah always some, always something to do. Yeah, but yeah. 
yeah. or clean yeah. up. Yeah. yeah too. <laughs> Good Mexican food too. <laughs> oh, the best. The street yeah. tacos around here are like unreal. They're epic. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much. Seriously. Like I just want to say out of all the people we've ever met at conventions, and I'm not just saying this for the bullshit of like the episode, uh, you've always been the nicest, like at least we only met you once, but you were the nicest yeah. person we ever met. And I, I'm being honest here. Like you, I don't know if you remember, we met at uh Scaricon in Syracuse, New York is 20, 2013. And, wow. and you, yeah. you no, really talked to us for 45 we, minutes and that was the coolest thing. I, ever. I did. Yeah, we 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 really appreciate how sociable you were and how just down to earth you were, and we that's that's very rare, especially in today's day and age. Yeah. Well, thanks, you guys. I appreciate your support, and I'm I'm glad I was a nice guy. And uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, this why do those conventions otherwise? Mm -hmm. Of course, yeah. You're there to to uh, to give a memory, really, Mm -hmm. because the memories on film are they're one-sided, but mm-hmm. when people get to meet you and, and get to see your spirit and your essence and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not, I'm not a mean Kelly Meeker, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> although I can play when I'm moving. I can be, I got to get one good of those at it shirts. Too. Let me know where I can get one of those shirts. I want one. <laughs> yeah, I've got a ton. I've got oh, a ton. I'll bring some. I'll definitely bring some please. to the sign. You know, yeah. that's actually smart. If you got a bunch of those made or if you already have them, yeah, I bet I have them. people would mm-hmm. buy them 100%. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I will definitely have Kelly Meeker shirts and a big Sharpie to cool. go with it. <laughs> Can't All wait. Right. Well, Thank hope you, you guys. Have a, hope you of have course. an amazing day. Thank you so much again. This was a Thank lot of fun. Thank you, Kellen. Right. Thank you, Ed. Really great to see you guys again. All right. You'll always have our support. So good luck Absolutely. this year. Thanks, you guys. All Take right. Care. Be safe, Kathleen. See you Thanks later. You too. All right. He was a cop and good at his job, but he committed the ultimate sin and testified against other cops gone bad. Cops that tried to kill him, but got the woman he loved instead. Framed for murder, now he prowls the Badlands, an outlaw hunting outlaws, a bounty hunter, a renegade.